Hi everybody, welcome to the Mental Toughness and Body Show. My name is Rob Evans and I'm your transformation coach, health strategist and internationally published author, helping take your life and your business, your health, fitness, mindset and body from where you are right now to where it is that you want to be. I'm in the mobile studio. Uh, it's a Friday, I'm taking a, a little break from my very busy schedule these last few days and I'm going to go to the gym to do a a 30-minute workout, uh, just getting back into the rhythm of things after my bouts of fatigue, and um, I've been feeling uh, pretty good. Uh, so I'm looking forward to this this workout. Uh, so you, I want to talk about uh, the challenge that comes, and each and every day we all have different different challenges, and. I'm going to tell you this story, and uh, I'm not telling you for you to feel sorry for me or to be a sad story, but to, I guess, use it in the context of resilience, uh, leadership, how we lead ourselves, uh, and what is possible, and how to cope when we do have these uh, these particular challenges that come up, because there are. There are challenges that will push your buttons in certain ways. And a challenge that might push your, say, red button in a big way may do nothing for me or someone else. But for you, it's like it's a huge, big challenge for you for whatever reasons. And it's normally attached to something that's sitting in your past that makes it a really big issue for you. So um, the one that that I have is around my daughter and if you're playing catch up uh, she passed away on the 28th of April this year a two and a half year battle um, she was terminal uh, for quite some time throughout that journey and she passed away at 15 years of age and just that alone is enough to say oh my goodness now uh, there's been a, a lot of different stages of the the journey as you can imagine and I'm moving um, into well I've moved into the the advocacy space to to seek funding to help others and then I think I will I'll step away from uh, the advocacy part certainly in the public arena and media and so forth uh, but it will still be something that will be near and dear to me but I think I just need to take a step away from it uh, now given that it's you know, almost six months uh, since she passed uh, you would think that well, the more time that goes by uh, the more likely you are to get to closure right because you they say time heals all wounds and and so forth. Now I've come up with greater meanings for why she's not here and she's in a better place and all that kind of stuff. But what you feel for a lost child, I, I explained the the grief, the emotion if you like, like the ocean. And the ocean is always there. But sometimes the waves are, are just lapping up against the sand just really lightly and peacefully and you can be sitting there on the beach and the waves are just coming in nicely and it's a it's a beautiful day and 
everything feels really lovely. On other days, the waves can be can be bigger, and then there can be tsunamis. And I guess yesterday was closer to the tsunami type incident uh, because what happened um, a number of months ago now uh, was obviously Liv has been uh, put to, to rest. I mean, she's been cremated, so we have an urn with her ashes in it. But she, um, I, I suppose you, you, you're kind of progressing, you're moving on, and then just at random one day I get a phone call from uh, the coroner's office uh, saying that there's going to be an inquiry into her passing. Now, they were saying it from the perspective of not that there's any uh, criminal intent or wrongdoing investigation, that kind of thing. But the coroner wants further work done so that they can see is there's some learning from this. Now that is because of her age and also because of what she died from and additionally how she passed. And I'm like, I thought this was all done because I was told that it was, was done. And they said, oh no, um, this needs to be done. And so they said the coroner passes it over to the local police to uh, to be resolved and so um, Liv's mum had her interview a number of weeks ago and they've been taking their sweet time to get to me and so mine was yesterday and I you know they say you know, write notes prepare all that kind of stuff beforehand uh, so that you can make sure you don't miss anything, etc., etc. Uh, I kind of refused to do that because I didn't want. It's like I can I can go down that pit and relive everything once more, but I'm not going to do it over and over and over in my mind because it's not. Uh, there's no good to come of it. It's like it's really painful, as you can imagine, and what I had to to manage was different to her mum because I was the one that had to do all the extreme stuff uh, with emergency services and holding down restraints and all that kind of stuff because her mum couldn't handle it so I had to do all that and just reliving that and I was the one that had all the the negativity thrown at me her mum wasn't Uh, I'm talking about the the medical professionals that blamed me uh, for what was going on for her and blamed me for her her illness and ultimately her death. And it's like, yeah, thank you. That's very helpful. Thanks. Thanks very much. And so I had to go through all of that yesterday. It's about two and a half hours. And um, like I said, I'm, I'm not telling you that all this because, uh, oh, wow, bring out your violence. It's a sad story. Poor me. But what I did was I'm telling you so that you can maybe have some learnings from it. And so what I did was knowing that this was going to be a really tough day, I blocked out some time just before it and after it, knowing that I don't know how I'm going to feel after it. Uh, And so I planned out the rest of my day to try and give back to myself a little bit and uh, let it just 
try and let it go. Proud of me. So uh, it, it came and it went and I, after it finished, like I was, I was very emotional uh, throughout various parts of it, but got out everything that I wanted to and needed to, I feel. And uh, then I thought, I really need to do something for me. I need to, I didn't have enough energy to go to the gym. It's like, I don't want to be around other people and, and that kind of thing. I just need to, uh, I'd like to go out and just have, be in nature, have some fresh air and go for a walk. It was pouring with rain. I thought, oh, you're kidding me. So in the end, I, I jumped in the car and went down to my local supermarket and I was just walking around the shopping centre and uh, trying to get some uh, some some of me back. And it probably wasn't for a few hours later because it happened, I think it was over by about 11. It was by about 4.30 that night or that afternoon that I started to feel it physically. I was really fatigued and yeah, I could just feel it just starting to, to weigh me down. And so... What I did was I, I started to focus on some other things. I had some clients and then uh, I shifted my focus. I had a, had a shower and I then decided that I would uh, uh, work on something for me, work on me. And so I, I jumped into bed and I had my, my iPad and I was just doing a, a little project that was all about me. And uh, I, I have trouble just... Uh, sitting still and doing nothing. So I thought, well, why don't I work on me? And I, I keep coming back to the fact that my daughter would be disgusted with me if by the time we get to meet again, and she says, Dad, what were you doing? You wasted so many time. I was watching you and you you were doing this, this and this. You should have been doing X, Y, Z, but instead you were worried about me and you should have known that I was okay. And I was having fun here and I wasn't suffering anymore, etc., etc., etc. And I I don't want to let her down. So um, that's what I did. And so I guess that the message here is we all have challenge and we all have these tsunamis and we have these emotional tsunamis that come through extreme grief, whether it be a loss of a child, whether it be a loss of a partner, whether it be a loss of someone in your life, whether it be... Uh, you know, financial crisis or, or something. But if you come up with a greater meaning for what things mean to you, like the loss of my daughter and I'm, or what that means to me, I'm not going to share it again here. I've done some recordings on it in the past, but uh, it's, a, it's a very personal thing for you. But you need to come up with a, a, a greater meaning for you that is going to empower you. Not a greater meaning that's going to disempower you. Because I could say... So for all these people and all these voices and messages that you have going around in your head and that you could have reoccurring in your head, oh, you're right. Yeah, it was my fault. Yes, it's this, it's that and the other. And, uh, and it's not like I'm in denial. I know very clearly the role that I had as my daughter's parent and her and I had many, many conversations about it and I asked her uh, what she thought I was doing and whether I was the, the cause of, of certain things and whatever. And, you know, we, we were both at peace with where we were. And spoiler alert, she said, Dad, you are my biggest champion. The, 
the person that is there for me the most, that is trying to help support me the most, more than anyone else. So don't worry, and I don't understand why everybody keeps attacking you. So I'm at peace with that. Her and I know, her mum knows, her sister knows. Everyone else, honestly, can get stuffed. I mean, uh, I don't care what anyone else says. And these things can be really, really hurtful. When you're going through so much pain and somebody says to you, that's your fault, that can hurt you if you allow it. But this is other people. And what I used to say to both my girls is the reason that people attack is because they can't determine what the issue is or they're trying to shift blame from them. It's like, oh, well, we can't solve it. So it's obviously not me. It must be you. Because it's easy to shift blame rather than take full responsibility and accountability. And this is a, an inherent human fault. So you've got to be able to step above all of that and know the role that you have. Now, that's not to say that, yeah, if you're doing something wrong and you just justify that you, what you're doing is right, that's not, that's not right. Trust me, I've spent a lot of time looking in the mirror, uh, asking myself the, the questions as to, well, have I done this? Have I done that? And, and so forth to, to have a, a negative impact. Because let's face it, uh, my daughter is not here anymore. That does not happen without asking yourself a heap of questions. Obviously up to this point, but also going through the process uh, as well. So you know, we're always our own harshest critic. And so you, you do have to not allow that other crap to, to get in uh, because people can be mean and hurtful or some people can just say things without even thinking about it. And so you need to be able to remain focused on what you know your life's mission is, what it is that you're doing, the way that you go about it. Maybe you need to tweak some things. Like for me, uh, completely burnt out. I took three days off last week. That's definitely helped, but I've had a very busy uh, and long uh, week this week. Um, hopefully I can recover a little bit more on, on Sunday, but I do need to look at, so what are the things that I've got uh, coming forward? And I need to say no, and I have said no to some things because I know that for where I am right now and what I'm going through and the, like where my fatigue is and trying to get my, my energy and, and everything back on, on track and making sure that the priority of my, my eldest daughter and everything is, is really important and, and reshifting that focus now uh, back away from my youngest daughter's uh, problems and uh, you're growing the business and achieving those goals and again attaching I've got to do this for not just myself but do it for her but also um, pardon me for her sister as well uh, and that's again coming back to the greater meanings that you attach for why it is that you you do what you do and I can come up with greater meanings as to why I do nothing but I don't choose to do that because I, I still have the best of me to come. I absolutely 100% agree, uh, like, absolutely uh, believe that. And so I will not stop. And these tsunamis that come, you need to have strategies in place. Sometimes you don't know they're coming. Obviously, I knew this was coming. And I wasn't sure how I was going to be able to 
you know, feel afterwards, but I, I knew it was coming and knowing how to snap yourself out of it, which is always going to be action, that you set some goals for yourself, even if they're small, you take action as quickly as possible. My goal was to take action as soon as that meeting had finished, which I did. I had something to eat and then I uh, got moving and uh, that really helped me. And my whole philosophy for success in life is you've got to take more, you have to take more action, you have to improve, increase your work ethic and you have to never ever stop. You've got to keep pushing, keep going and uh, ignore what the, apart from your coach, but ignore what the, the negative people, toxic people are saying because it's, it, it's just rubbish, right? It's them, it's not you. So on that note, if you want to connect with me and improve your mental toughness and your health and your wellness, go to mentaltoughnessandbodyshow.com and you can opt in for a free consultation right there. I'd love to help you work on the better version of you. Let's go. I'll see you tomorrow.